Well, hello there. We are recording today's episode a little early because I will be on vacation the first week of May. So as of April 29th, there are 192 days until the midterms and 997 days until the next presidential inauguration. Maybe. If the Republicans take over, we might be looking at impeachments, more than one, and for real reasons this time. We'll get into that with Merrick Garland testifying in the Senate. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas might be facing impeachment of his own after his testimony in the House. Oh, and um, Hare is definitely on fire with Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. Um, We'll touch all of those bases. And we're going to welcome a new sponsor on this week's Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. With Kurt Wheeler, I am Dale Carter. He's wearing his Dirks for Congress uh, t-shirt. My man. (laughs) Is Ryan running again? I don't know. I I keep in (laughs) touch with him uh, occasionally, but I just like repping the shirt. Yeah. Um, and nothing else was clean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Is well, that, that the deal? Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcoming a brand new sponsor, a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, Bob Watson, State Farm agent in Blue Springs, one of the early fans of our podcast. And from the very beginning, he was like, how do I get involved in this? I love what you guys are doing. I want to get involved. And uh, so we welcome him on board as a new sponsor. Yeah. And we're we're happy to uh, that our sponsors are active in the community, you know, yeah. that we we uh, we are obviously reaching a wide range of people, but we are, are very community kind of involved here, and we, we, we are keeping in touch with business owners and uh, your State Farm agent and everything else, so we t- definitely take pride in that. We're happy to have Bob on board. Well, if you need a State Farm agent, Bob Watson is a great guy. If you need a, uh, an insurance agent at all, Bob Watson is the guy, 816-229-7878. I have known Bob since I moved to Blue Springs 27 years ago. Bob has been a hometown agent in Blue Springs for 48 years. Um, When stuff goes wrong, okay, when you have a wreck, I get that there are all these cut-rate people out there, the 1-800 numbers and yada, 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 but when shit starts going south, you want to be able to call a guy you know, mm-hmm. and that's Bob Watson. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, and I'll tell some stories about Bob. Bob and I go way back, and he knows a lot of dirt on me. And before he can tell you it, I'm going to tell you. I was going to say, it sounds like we need to have him on. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and we should. He, he, good guy. We'd love to have him on here at some point. Uh, but let's get to the, uh, the news of the day and the news of the last week. I mean, there's a lot of it. Uh, in fact, uh, Supreme Court decision, prayer in school. Okay, you know, prayer in school is not allowed anymore, right, in a public school? Yeah, but, I mean, there's obviously some nuance there. Are you talking about the football thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joseph Kennedy, a football coach, and from my understanding, uh, at football games, he would himself go to the field and kneel and pray. Yeah. He didn't make anybody else do it. Right. He would do it on his own, right. and that has made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And I went to a public high school, and I guess it's okay. Statute of limitations is probably done. Um, my football coach is dead anyway, so they really can't do anything to him. <laughs> but at a public school, before every game, he would gather the team around, and we would say the Lord's Prayer Yeah, at a public school. I think that's great, man. I think we need more of that, to be honest. As and- late as 1981, we were doing that. Yeah. There goes the there sign. There goes the sign. All right. <laughs> Let me set that up real quick. 
<laughs> you should leave this in. This is good. This, this is, is good stuff. This is good podcasting. Right? Yeah. Good TV. Good TV, folks. I'm not sure it's good for just the audio portion, but um, you know, it's it's good for the YouTube. Right. Hell, I don't know. Straight enough. All straight right. enough. That's as straight as we need it. Um, yeah. So it was interesting that the, the the justices. Did you follow any of the the debate in the court? No, not really. Yeah. I just read some stories about it, yeah. and I mean, I have my own opinion of it. But yeah, they were like, "Well, you know, what if uh, he wants to gather the team together to pray, and you feel pressure if uh, if I don't pray with this coach, I don't get to play." Well, that's clearly not the case. Or right? I get to pray, and that means I get to play. Right. Well, that's clearly not the case. I mean, I think from what I understand, it was completely voluntary. Yeah. And, you know, plenty of students are, are going to want to do that. Maybe some won't, and that's fine. They don't have to. Well, peer pressure then. It's like, you know, if little Johnny doesn't come over and, and pray, then again, maybe Johnny wants to play on the girls' team. I don't yeah. know. It's a different time in our world. Well, I, like I was saying before, I mean, I think maybe we should be bringing back some of that stuff into the schools. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like think about it this way. We have substituted legitimate religion with the religion of the left. You can go to any high school, and I've been to many in this area, including, and they've got the gay pride flag up. They've got Black Lives Matter propaganda up in the classroom. That is its own religion. You know, it's it's the allegiance, the religion of allegiance to leftist social causes. And so they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to put the, the gay pride flag in the classroom. They're allowed to, you know, put all this stuff into the curriculum. You know, why not let a coach yeah. lead prayer at a football game? It seems pretty... Uh, you know, minor, honestly. Well, I had some hope that uh, Governor Kelly's uh, veto would be overridden in Kansas on the transgender athlete bill, a.k.a. boys playing on girls' teams, which is essentially what it is. Uh, it was overridden by the Kansas Senate, missed by three votes in the House. So that's going to be the law of the land in Kansas. Kelly uh, vetoed the bill earlier this month. She said the new law would harm students. And I was kind of wondering what the harm is. So little Johnny decides he's a Jane and wants to play with the girls team and you sit him down and say, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So the harm is to little Johnny. Never mind the fact that the girls team now um, is going to have boys with boy parts in right. the locker room. Right. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, whenever they talk about harm, I mean, first of all, it's not really harm. I mean, you're not being harmed if you can't play on, <laughs> if you're a boy and you can't play on. A sports team with girls that's not harming you in any way well it is harming the girls like you just said i mean but they never talk about the harm of the actual party who is being victimized which in this case is the female athletes you know um i mean the same goes for for plenty of other things i mean they'll very narrowly uh define you know the victim type narrative and then just ignore everyone else who's actually being victimized by it well, these are all uh, right in a row here, school things. Did you see this? Grain Valley School District removing stickers and cards that some high school teachers put up to notify students that they could feel safe approaching certain teachers with personal LGBTQ questions. <laughs> it's just It just goes on and on, man. And, and like the scariest thing about it. You cannot it, make this up. The scariest thing about it is that in a lot of these schools, and I'm not sure if this applies to this school or not, but it is happening uh, on a broader scale across the country. Not only do you have this stuff being pushed in schools and pushed by the teachers, but they're enacting policies where the parents are not involved, where like the parents don't have to know about 
you know, the sexual stuff that yeah. their kids are talking about with the teachers. Yeah. And in some cases, the parents are actually like deliberately uh, removed from that entire thing where like you're not allowed to tell the parents, you know, if if you're a teacher and, and somebody comes up to you, a student comes up to you and says, hey, you know, I feel like I'm a girl or something like that. You're literally not allowed to go tell the parent or you could be fired. I mean, what kind of craziness is that? It's an upside down world. We did a whole episode on the tone deafness of the left, and they just continue to play that same tone deaf song. Yeah. I mean, if they were a karaoke, if we were a karaoke bar and the leftists were singing, you know, that perfect pitch thing that I have in my inner ear would be going off. Yeah, it would. It would be hurt. It would, it would cause massive pain for me. Um, so uh, <laughs> I guess they'll keep doing that, and we'll see where that goes in the midterms. I mean, we've seen a little evidence of it. We, we've seen what happened in Virginia, yeah. you know, when Terry McAuliffe blatantly said that parents have no role in their kids' education. Right. That backfired on him, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I, you think regardless of politics, like the politics of the parents, you would think that the majority of parents would want to know what's going on with their kid at least, you know? And yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but uh, that seems like common sense. Yeah. <laughs> Common sense. Boy, there's a concept. Yeah. Um, Ford goes green and so far has eliminated 600 jobs as they transition. I guess that's the new word, transition. Yeah. They're transitioning from um, gas-powered vehicles. They're going to go all electric. They're mm -hmm. all in on the electric thing. So at some point, they better build some infrastructure for this mm -hmm. because I don't. I wouldn't know where to go to charge something. I see it sporadically. We've got a SunFresh market here in Westport. And I see they've got like three charging stations, although I wouldn't do that in the middle of the night. Right. Um, there are certain convenience stores where you kind of see it, but the, but the infrastructure is definitely not there. And then the, the, the poor 600 people who've lost their jobs, think about this, because you go green to eliminate gas-powered engines mm -hmm. to go all electric. So around here, you plug it into a coal-fired thing, mm -hmm. but you feel really good about it right? Yeah, because you're, you're green now. Yeah, they're they're uh, but I lost my job. Right, they're eliminating good-paying American jobs and they're creating jobs for child labor in the Congo for cobalt mining. Oh, it's just, yay! <laughs> the insanity just continues, and, and they keep pushing it. They keep pushing that agenda. Um, the economy fell one point four percent in Q one. The quote unquote experts predicted one point one percent growth. Deutsche Bank uh, is the first major bank that's going to predict a major recession. And then you got to ask, whose fault is it? Because you know it's not Biden's fault. Yeah. I, I'd like a, to make a general point here, and maybe this is slightly controversial, but like, when are we going to stop trusting the experts? Yeah, they're uh, always on, wrong. On the economy, yeah. on COVID, on climate change, mm -hmm. on, you know, the, the whole psychology, like college psychology, sociology department thing. I mean, when are we going to stop taking the experts seriously, like for real? Well, the definition of a recession is back-to-back -back quarters of negative growth. So we've got one in the bank now, yeah. first quarter, um, and second quarter doesn't look all that great either. So that's that's on the way here. Uh, but I get back to whose fault it is because Harry Truman had a sign on his desk. In fact, you know, we live in Kansas City. You can go to Independence, Missouri and see his library museum. Have you done that yet? I uh, actually just went there for the first time like two weeks ago, maybe three You're weeks ago. You're a big ago. history buff. Uh, they yeah. redid it. How, how is it now? It's I haven't nice. Been there. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go through like the whole thing, but mm -hmm. I walked through some of it. It's really nice, man. The the exhibit part that you kind of walk through, um, there's a lot of interactive stuff and there's like stuff on the ceiling and like, you know, uh, stuff that's like motion triggered. So when you walk past right. it, it starts talking to you and things they like that. They saw the Oval Office replica. 
I don't know. I didn't get that far into because it. Because the first time I went to it, you know, because I'm a big history buff. So this is like the mid-90s when I first moved here. Uh, you walked into it, and you you trigger a motion sensor, right. and you hear, Hi, I'm Harry Truman. Welcome to the Oval Office. And I'm like, geez, I thought the dude was dead. <laughs> right? It freaked me out a you little bit. You turn around and run out <laughs> full speed. Get me out of here. I do scare easily. Um, but on the desk was the buck stops here. Right. And Harry Truman was big on, you know, I'm the guy. Right. And if a decision's got to be made by the, the executive branch of the federal government, it stops with me. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe Biden's a Democrat. He ain't no Harry Truman Democrat. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because, you know, he could say, well, I don't know, it's 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 COVID, it's Putin, it's uh, Trump, mm-hmm. it's supply chain issues, mm-hmm. it's, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he's got plenty of uh, plenty of scapegoats. Fill in the blank. Um, well, so the economy is, is not going well, and, and hopefully it's going to turn around because regardless of who's in the White House, I want America to win. Mm-hmm. I hate looking at my 401k and seeing it become a 201k. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whoever can bring down inflation and and fix the economy, I mean, that's just like the number one issue in every election, right, is the economy. I mean, people want to have money in their pockets. They want good paying jobs and and all this other stuff. You know, you can talk about COVID and you can talk about Ukraine and you can talk about this other stuff as much as you want until the cows come home. But if the economy is if the economy is not improving, then you're wasting. I your think breath. if you lived in South Texas and Arizona, you might be thinking about the border. Yeah, well, that too. That's uh, there, another, there's another big. I, I think there's blood in the water. There's definitely blood in the water. I mean, we just talked about the fact that there's 997 days left in the Biden administration, maybe. And then he says he's going to run for re-election. Last Sunday, Elizabeth Warren was on every Sunday morning talk show. Mm-hmm. And she was sticking to her talking points. The two talking points that she had, things are awful right now, and we need to forgive student loan debt. Am I hearing you say Democrats just need to get caught trying? Look, what you're hearing me say, first of all, is that not everything has to go through Congress. We picked the example of student loan debt. That would affect about 43 million people. That matters. It would affect them directly and affect their families. Mm, That's all she talked about. Things are really bad right now, and we need to eliminate student loan debt. She's running for president. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I mean, that's not a good message for the the administration. Yeah. I saw a headline that uh, Biden is taking like a quote-unquote serious look at student loan debt now i don't know he's gone back and forth on it so many times i mean it's hard to know what's happening well i i used some student loans to pay for college paid my way through college and shockingly i i paid it off right i think i've been doing this the wrong way kurt i mean i've been working since i was 13 been in radio since i was 15 Mm -hmm. i I have my debt winnowed down to my mortgage Mm -hmm. so here's my question when are they going to start doing mortgage forgiveness what about car payments well, about, I don't have uh, one of those anymore. So I don't, you have a car payment? No. Okay. I was no, I'm just, say. I'm just saying like in general, you know, yeah. what about, what about car payments? What about credit card bills? What about, right. uh, you know, I want a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Why can't the government pay for it? Yeah. Right. And, and you know, you got the Bernie bros out there that, that that's the message they've been saying forever. And that's what Elizabeth Warren is saying. And then you look at Biden and, um, uh, there, there's two things we're going to talk about impeachment in a little bit. And I think, that's that's something that is a real possibility mm-hmm. for real reasons this time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But will he even make it? I mean, 25th Amendment. It went in because Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and his wife was basically running the country. Yeah. Um, w- t- today is um, a viral video day. Did you know that? I had no idea. As we record on April 29th. This video is going to go viral. So. Viral video day. Well, the Joe Biden video has gone viral uh, where he's talking about the Russian oligarchs and how he's going to really stick it to them or maybe not. Because he starts off saying he's going to accommodate the Russian oligarchs. <laughs> and then he just goes through a painful, painful. You have to drop this clip here. Yeah. It is absolutely painful. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah, kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Do you feel the pain? Oh uh, well, I don't know. It's uncomfortable, man. It's uncomfortable watching him talk. It really is. There, I mean, there's been like three or four really bad ones like in the past week and a half this kind of thing doesn't get better yeah when you get to this age and you've got cognitive issues it does not get better yeah totally Uh, it gets worse so um you know i I don't know i i hope he's going to be okay i don't wish him any ill will i really don't yeah Uh, of course but he's the president of the united states and when he speaks the world is supposedly listening yeah and republican or democrat I want somebody up there who who seems like they're in control. Yeah. When he speaks, the world is scratching their head in unison. <laughs> and, and that's not a good thing. That's a dangerous thing, oh, actually. Yeah, for sure. Very dangerous. For sure. I'd um, rather have uh, you know someone shooting from the hip like Donald Trump did than somebody who can't even speak English. Yeah. Well, I used to worry, you know, George W. Bush would torture the English language. Trump sometimes would be uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. But at least you felt like those guys were in charge. Yeah. Remember when... Everyone made fun of Bush because he, like, said a weird thing once yeah. or, like, you know, slipped up on words here and there. Right. And everyone's like, oh, he's such an idiot. Yeah. Like, now look at what we have. It's it's a million times worse. <laughs> and, well, and he's got the cover of the left, yeah. at least for now, uh, yeah. in the media that they're not really going to drill down on this. I mean, if, if this statement that you just heard was made by a Donald Trump or a Republican, there would be wall-to-wall coverage on all the major networks. Yeah. They'd, be, they'd literally already be talking about the 25th Amendment. Well, I'm talking they, about it. I know. And they, and they did when Trump was president. You know, they were like, oh, he's unhinged. He, he's uh, clearly suffering from mental issues. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's uh, not fit to be president, which they had no evidence for. But mm-hmm. now, of course, there's plenty of evidence for it and nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Lastly, in the news, I mean, you can't ignore the Johnny Depp. Amber Heard trial. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and I'm glued to it, man. When I go home and that thing is on, I'm like, it makes me feel better about my first two marriages. I was going to say, does it give you like flashbacks or something? Especially like that? that second marriage. I mean, it makes me feel a whole <laughs> lot better about that because as, as bad as that marriage got, nobody shit in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. I right. think that is a real test. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. 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 So a psychologist, I guess, testified, a forensic psychologist taking the stand, evaluated uh, Amber Heard and said she showed signs of borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. I was going to say the uh, the forensic part. Is that where the <laughs> shit comes in? <laughs> 
And, you know, Johnny Depp's got, like, part of his finger missing yeah. now and, and all yeah. that. I mean, clearly they, they weren't meant to be together. Yeah. Definitely grant a divorce on this. But one of them suing the other one for $50 million, The other one's countersuing for $100 million. Yeah, it's crazy. Seriously. I haven't really been watching it too much. I've seen some clips, but uh, my, my wife has a huge crush on Johnny Depp, so she's been watching it. And uh, it's really funny, man. And, yeah, like, this woman is just nasty beyond all yeah. belief it's crazy i think he's available yeah well i guess he is now <laughs> but yeah it's crazy man uh just just the level of, of vitriol and uh and you know just hateful yeah vengeance that can be enacted by the human female it's it's ridiculous yeah males never go there right <laughs> no of course of course not so here's the question i mean if if someone shits in your bed do you throw the sheets away or do you wash them I don't know. I'd probably throw the shit at her, maybe. <laughs> Start slinging oh, shit. Boy. Has my vacation started yet? I, I think it may have. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the meat of the matter here, uh, Funhouse Pizza, um, where if you're going to go to the restroom at Funhouse Pizza, either in Lee's Summit or Blue Springs, same rules apply. Yeah. Go into the restroom to get that done. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Dingman does not have a lot of patience for people who would do what Amber Heard did in Johnny Depp's bed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do not try that at Funhouse Pizza. That yeah. will not fly. <laughs> Although, if you're looking for your first job, you know, something. And, and again, not something that's going to be a career for you. But if you're in school and, you know, I'm sure you did that when you were in school. Mm -hmm. You had odd jobs. I had odd jobs before I got into the radio business. Yeah. Um, he's got good paying jobs at both locations of Funhouse, and he can't seem to find enough people to want to work. Yeah, and it could be a career. I mean, you never know. Uh, think you know, stranger things have happened. But as far as uh, entry level jobs, you know, I worked in the restaurant industry uh, when I was in high school and beginning of college and things like that, and I was not making anywhere near what he is offering. For what is he offering? I think it's thirteen dollars an hour starting. Wow. Which I was making. I was a busser at a restaurant at a sports bar when I was in a uh, freshman in college, I hated it, but I was making like eight fifty or $9 an hour or something like that. Plus tips, but you hardly got any tips cause it was all distributed, yeah. you know, evenly and all that. But, uh, and that was not really a good environment. You know, Funhouse pizza is a, is a much better working environment. Got the fun people in the are, name. Yeah. The people are nicer, you know, yeah. um, everything like that. It's got more of a family kind of atmosphere where it's family ownership. It's a smaller, company, you know, and things like that. So it's a really great opportunity, I think, for anyone out there listening. If you have kids or family members or friends, you know, that are maybe a little bit younger that are looking for mm -hmm. their foot in the door uh, with a new job or, or, you know, to make some extra money on the side, it'd be a great opportunity for well, them. I know Jim's had trouble staying open yeah, uh, for certain days because mm -hmm. he just can't get the, it's not like he doesn't have traffic, people who want to go to Funhouse Pizza because right. they have excellent pizza and get you a frosty beer, maybe a soda or whatever. Um, they got great food. Um, he can't stay open because he doesn't have enough employees. Right. So kick that kid out, make him go get a job. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so on to um, kind of the meat of the, the show here today and, and where I'm starting to use the I word, uh, the impeachment word. Um, Mary Garland is the attorney general, and he testified in the Senate and completely dodged any question about uh, Joe Biden about uh, the visitors that have come to the White House who came to the White House during the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. He says that uh, that investigation is being handled by a Trump appointee in Delaware. 
and justice is just taking a hands-off approach. Now, I have said since the beginning of this, and I think you could back me up on that, that something ain't right here. When, when you've got a guy like Joe Biden who has never had a real job, he was a senator all the way back to the 1970s, and then he was vice president, and now he's president. He has lived off the taxpayers his entire life, and he's got millions of dollars. Yeah. It makes you – don't you wonder just where did he get the money? Yeah, of it's course. It's like he didn't run a major corporation he didn't do anything other than be a senator and a vice president and now president, and he's got homes in various locations, and he's got a ton of money. Yeah, of course. And it's more than that. I mean, it's it would be enough if it was just money, like if it was just he had a lot of money, like, oh, yeah, yeah where did this come from? But it's way more than that. I mean, we have real evidence of corruption in China, Ukraine, in America even. Right. I mean, you know, so like we have things to go off of. It's not like there's nothing there. There's clearly something going on. And, you know, meanwhile, you have Donald Trump who's being now fined like $10,000 a day or something like that by the Southern District in New York or some other yeah. similar court for not providing paperwork to this investigation or that investigation. They've been going after him for five years now, and there's hardly anything there. I mean, I'm not aware of anything serious that they've been able to get him on. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is right in front of our face. Mm -hmm. We have the Hunter Biden laptop. We have all of this stuff. And, you know, there's no there's no serious investigation. Well, I'm, I'm not a black helicopter guy, okay? I'm not going to give you any conspiracy deal here. But the, the, the visitor's logs are out for the old executive office building. And my question is, why was Hunter Biden's business partner, Eric Schwerin, in the White House at least eight times in 2016 meeting with Joe Biden's chief of staff? Mm. Why? It yeah. seems pretty simple. Can they answer that question? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, you know... Biden has said repeatedly that he had no he has no idea of Hunter's business dealings. Okay. And it's just bullshit. I mean, how can anyone how can anyone believe that? Like even even if you weren't the vice president of the United States and even if your son wasn't on the board of a major energy company in Ukraine, like you would just know like as a dad, you would know what your son's up to, right? I, I would mean, think so. You would think so unless like you've totally disowned him or something, but just the basic like, oh, well, how did he get this job? Yeah. What is he doing? Oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's like, that's just a I'd lie. I'd like to think that I know what my kids are up to, but if they visited my office, and it's not just the eight times, that's in addition to the 19 previously known times that Schwerin visited the West Wing of the White House, mm -hmm. okay? If an associate of one of my kids visited me 19 times where I work, Right. I think it might be more than just to take a tour. Right. Yeah. So something's up with all this. And when the Republicans take the House uh, after this next election, there is going to be definite impeachment talk. Yeah. And it's not going to be about a phone call that Joe Biden made. It's right. not going to be about whether he, you know, it, you know got said nice things about Vladimir Putin. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to be about any of that. Yeah. It's going to be about this. Yeah. And, and as they unfold all this, it's going to be, where did you get all this money? Why was your son involved in Ukraine and Russia and China mm -hmm. when you were overseeing those areas? Mm -hmm. Those are legitimate questions. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that Biden maybe has going for him is that he might not remember any of that he might his memory might be totally shot so does that still work senator i don't recall i don't know uh. but i'm saying like you know that's that's a common 
strategy in court, right? Just pleading the fifth, but like maybe he literally can't even answer the question. Well, and I want to tie this. Remember, <laughs> I want to tie this to something a little bit closer to home because you may have seen this. Um, Eric Greitens, who's running for the Senate in Missouri, mm-hmm. did a ride along with a Kansas City police officer up north. Okay, mm-hmm. and then he took the video from that and he put it on his campaign page. Mm-hmm. Okay, apparently he didn't get permission to do that, and so he's since taken it down. They're investigating that. They're investigating that, but we're not investigating all of this smoke from the president of the United States. Yeah. It, it's like Soviet, quasi-Soviet style tactics. Yeah. You know? It's like you, the, the only thing that matters is who is my friend and who is my enemy. Yeah. And I will use every tool at my disposal, at my disposal every avenue of power that I have at every level of government to persecute my enemy and protect my friend. That's it. And they're setting up like an organization to filter out misinformation. Did you see that? Yeah. And the woman they're putting in charge of it. I posted about it on our Twitter page, yeah. She, she's very out front that, you know, she does not like Republicans at all. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me is like, keep doing this. Just keep doing this. And yeah. it'll eventually, uh, it's a house of cards and it'll all fall apart, especially yeah. with the midterms coming up. Uh, but, uh, but I don't know. It's tough, yeah, because, you know, we've talked about the accelerationist kind of angle but, you know, especially when it comes to the more cultural things like free speech and everything like that, it's, you know, they're redefining these words all the time. So, Okay, so, so that deals with uh, Garland testifying in the Senate. Another impeachment that I think is realistic here, I'm not talking black helicopters, I'm not talking conspiracy theories, is Mayorkas, mm-hmm. the um, head of um, um, Homeland Security. Uh, he was testifying in the House and he has since cleaned up some of his testimony. But I don't know if we're going to drop a video here or not. Uh, but but the things he was saying was basically, when we got here, we inherited a mess at the border, and now it's functioning fine. I would say that's 180 degrees out of phase. Yeah. It's just the opposite. Yeah. You know, the border seemed to be okay with what Trump was doing, and now it's a complete mess. There were certainly less people crossing the border. There was less apprehensions and... <laughs> Yeah. All, you know, by every available metric, I mean, it's yeah, the complete opposite. So he cleaned it up and he said, well, I didn't really mean that. His day two testimony said that um, what I meant to say was before the previous administration, the, the border and immigration policy was a complete mess, you know, and, and now we're we're trying to deal with it. And with Title 42 going away, if we get to a point where 13,000 people cross the border in a day, we're going to have some problems down here. Mm-hmm. So that cleans it up, and it's a little more honest. But but that guy, I mean, he's the one who, with a straight face, will tell you that the biggest problem that we have in the United States right now is white supremacy. Yep. That's and we, the biggest threat to the republic. We dropped a clip of, uh, of him saying that in the last episode, so if you... Miss that? Go back and check it out because yeah. that is not a joke. He well, there's two things. At, there's two things at play here. There's Title 42, and then there's Remain in Mexico, which is under review by the Supreme Court right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Title 42 is the COVID era thing that said basically because of the uh, pandemic, which apparently is no longer. Although I'm not sure. Uh, you know, um, uh, Fauci yeah. um, has said it was over, and then he said, "Well, maybe it's not over. Maybe who knows." Who knows, man? Is I don't it, know why anyone it, listens to that guy. We don't know what's going on with that. Um, but Title 42 basically tried to hold back that surge at the border. And now the Biden administration, over the objections of Democrat congressmen in that area, is saying we're just going to let that go by the wayside. 
Yep. That seems to be the case. That seems to be the case. Okay, so then you've got Remain in Mexico, which the Supreme Court is reviewing right now, um, which Biden says he is completely against, right? He's completely against Remain in Mexico. Mayorkas, completely against Remain in Mexico. And Mayorkas was testifying. He said, there are like rapes going on. Uh, there are murders going on. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, so you want to put that in the United States? Yeah, let's bring those people here. <laughs> while we determine their status? It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? We're going to give you this slip of paper. Come back if you want to. Right. Yeah. That's well, not going to happen. Th- that's an interesting point because does that mean that he agrees with Donald Trump? Because remember when Trump said they're not bringing their best, they're bringing rapists, they're bringing murderers? I mean, yeah. that's just objectively true. Does he agree with Trump now? <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, so I, I came across this that I thought was very interesting about Remain in Mexico. This is a story that was in the Wall Street Journal. Um, President Biden, on his first day in office, directed his Department of Homeland Security to review whether to terminate or modify Remain in Mexico. DHS ended the policy last June. The two questions before the high court are whether DHS followed proper administrative procedure and whether the law lets it end the policy. The answers are no and no. The Trump administration implemented Remain in Mexico in early 2019 to deal with a surge in migrants claiming asylum. Since DHS's total detention capacity is 34,618, the government had been releasing migrants apprehended at the border into the U.S. Remain in Mexico requires non-Mexican migrants to wait in Mexico until their asylum claims are heard. Unnoted by critics is that Congress established the legal basis for this policy as part of the 1996 bipartisan immigration reform bill. Senator Joe Biden voted for it. Mm -hmm. And now he's against it. Well, it's not politically expedient for him anymore. It's not, doesn't fit the narrative. Exactly. So here we are. We've got Title 42. We've got Remain in Mexico. Um, Objective people see a mess at the border and fear it's going to get a lot worse. And for that and for saying that white supremacy is the biggest issue, you know, the biggest threat to the republic right now, not the Russians, not the Chinese, not what's coming across the border. It's white supremacy. This guy's got to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How how many uh, detention facilities or, or cells or however many the capacity did you say that the it capacity was? 34 six is what it says 34,618 that's really not that much when you think about it's how not. many people are coming across that's very little and again <laughs> words matter here yeah okay they're not migrants right if you enter this country illegally you're an illegal immigrant right you know right and this this gets back to, and I don't want to pick a scab here, but we had the big debate about Mickey and, mm-hmm. and Florida and mm-hmm. DeSantis and all that. It's a and, great time. Yeah. And and what I told you is it's like idealism versus pragmatism. Pragmatism. Donald Trump came across as an unhinged lunatic to a lot of people on the left. They were really scared of him. But if you peel back all of the tweets and everything else that he did, He's pretty much a moderate, Mm -hmm. and his remain in Mexico was using something that was passed by Congress, which is what the president is supposed to do. Right. All right? Yeah, absolutely. What a bait and switch we got, because we got a guy who says, hey, you know, I know how the Senate works. I've been here for 48 years, and trust me, you know, I'm not going to be that lunatic guy. Mm -hmm. And his policies are absolutely lunacy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, you know, messaging is so important. And uh, 
having courageous leadership in the Republican Party is so important because all you have to do is if somebody is, as they were with Trump, you know, criticizing him as being racist or xenophobic or whatever for instituting the Remain in Mexico policy, just turn it around on them and say, well, Joe Biden voted for it. He passed it in Congress, you know, go talk to him. So why does the Wall Street Journal pick this up and nobody else? Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> I Wall think Fox Street, News had it. I think, yeah. you know, the, the right wing media, if you will. But yeah. uh, the left and that's where we are in this country. We're, we're no longer Walter Cronkite basically taking it down the middle. Right. We're right wing media and left wing media. And somewhere right. we've got to ferret out the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think Wall Street Journal is maybe I don't really read it. But from what I've seen, they seem to be a little bit more objective. Like they're not necessarily right or left. I'm sure they have opinion pieces that are kind of you could argue are on either side, but uh, they do seem a little bit more objective than some other sources. So, well, these things are going to continue and we're going to see this unraveling continue, I'm afraid. Um, and I would start watching for two things, impeachment and or 25th amendment. Yeah. Uh, I think both of those things are at play here. Yep. As we move from uh, politics to the world of Twitter, uh, Elon did buy Twitter, I guess, for $44 billion. Yeah, maybe. I think it was a little bit more. It was like 45 or 46 Yeah. First of all, you know more about this kind of stuff than I do. Why? It, it's a free service. Well, well where's the, the money involved in all there's, that? I mean, there's a lot of money involved in it, obviously, uh, from advertising. But I don't think he's really going to be too in- interested in pursuing that. But uh, just the the stock of the company, you know, based on the number of users, based on the relevancy uh, in the news and, and things like that, based on who is on Twitter and how much following they're getting and stuff like that, that all affects the price of the company and what it's worth, uh, its value. And I think more than that, I mean, he's obviously got financial interest in this. He wouldn't be doing it if he was going to be making money. But I think that he is also seeing what's going on at Twitter and seeing what's going on with big tech, more broadly speaking, you know, censoring conservatives, um, pushing, you know, just falsehoods and and really degrading the culture in a lot of ways. And I think he wants to do something about it, which is very admirable. And, you know, Elon Musk is not like a, a right wing guy. I mean, I think it, from what I can tell, he seems pretty moderate, mm-hmm. honestly, like pretty middle of the road. But he's got a sense of humor. He knows the truth when he sees it. He's not afraid to to see or hear people that disagree with him. And he thinks that people should be more or less, you know, under the the umbrella of what's legal, you know, to, to say that people should be able to say whatever they want. And I, I happen to agree with that. Well, he's an African-American, too. Yeah, he's the first. As you pointed out, I yeah. didn't know that. I looked yeah. it up. It's like he's from South Africa. He's an African-American. Yeah. He put out a tweet yesterday I thought was really interesting, Elon Musk. He's been all over Twitter because I guess he's going to own it. His Twitter so feed is fantastic. It, it yeah. is like top yeah. tier. It, it's reminiscent of Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Did you see ways. the stick figure thing that he put out, though? Yeah. Basically where the right has always been where the right is. He's always been in the center, and he says the left has gone here, has gone here, has gone here. Yeah. So it's kind of like the old thing that Ronald Reagan said, you know, that he started as a Democrat, and he didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left him. Right. So I think that was the the message that I got out of that yep. uh, from Elon Musk. But there are a lot of people with their hair on fire. Um, Elizabeth Warren, again, she's running for president. Mm-hmm. Man, would she be I, – I just can't even fathom – a nightmare. Uh, I can't fathom it. Um, but the good thing is we have like uh, authentic Native American cooking, you know, at the White House for every meal. So she could check that box. Yeah. The first Native American. She's got the high president. cheekbones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, she says that uh, Elon buying this is uh, dangerous for democracy. 
What the hell does that even mean? I have no idea. <laughs> Dangerous for democracy. Um, other, I thought this was funny, too. Other libs out there are saying Elon could slow down feeds and favor Republicans. Wonder where that idea started. Well, you know what they're afraid of? I mean, they're afraid of losing their grip on power, you know? But, but think about this again. Elon could slow down feeds and favor Republicans. Hector Projector? Yeah. I mean, were they doing that to Republicans? Yeah. yeah. I saw somebody who said, well, with Elon Musk at the helm of Twitter, he could censor political opponents and he could, people who are running for office, he could remove from Twitter. Exactly. And I'm like, uh, you mean like the freaking president of the United States? Yeah. Is this like, is this a joke? <laughs> and Rob Reiner have we talked about this yet? No. I don't know. The way. Okay. Rob Reiner, who is famous for All in the Family, right? Meathead. You know, he was Archie Bunker's uh, son-in-law or whatever. Mm-hmm. He put this tweet out, and I love John Rich. John Rich yeah. and Big and Rich. Yeah. He's another guy you should follow on Twitter. Yeah, he's, I, do. He, I do. He's a great guy. Yeah. So um, anyway, Rob Reiner puts out this thing of, of like, you know, will the criminal be allowed to tweet again and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The criminal this, the criminal that. And John Rich goes, Rob, calm down. Hillary Clinton is still on Twitter. <laughs> I thought that was that was just inspired. Yeah, that's good. So it's, that's it's good. definitely good for fireworks. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. The same libs who were going to leave America when Trump won are threatening to leave Twitter. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but back when Trump won, you know, in 2016 um, on my morning show, because everybody's hair was on fire. I'll never forget. I, there were some liberals who worked here at the radio stations, and one of them, who's a dear friend of mine, I'm not going to out him with his name, but he did a morning show on one of the other stations. Mm-hmm. And I came in the morning after, and I assumed Hillary was going to win. Right. Did you assume Hillary was going to win? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah. So I woke up at like 2, like I normally do. I went to bed, and I wake up at 2, and I see on the news Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States, and I went, Holy shit, he did it. Mm-hmm. And then I get to work and this liberal friend of mine looks like his dog died. <laughs> I mean, and and I mean, I've lived through Democrat presidents before, yeah. lived through two terms of, of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, yeah. and I don't think I ever looked like my dog died. Right. Maybe I felt like I had to work a little harder, be a little better at my job because right. of the taxes they were going to charge me, but I don't think I ever looked like that. This guy looked like his dog died. Um so anyway, we did a bit on the air where we actually gave these liberals and these celebrities step by step how to leave the country. Right. You know, starting in Kansas City, you go up I 29 as far as that goes. <laughs> Scott Brown was on the air with me, and yeah. it was hilarious. It was great radio. Yeah. Right? I bet. So, um, and we did a, we played a song parody this week uh, set to um, uh, Paul Simon's 50 Ways to Leave Your mm-hmm. Lover, uh, 50 Ways to Leave Twitter, mm-hmm. which is hysterical stuff. Because if they're going to be have these histrionics, we got to poke fun at them. Yeah. Well, I will say it's definitely easier to leave Twitter than it is to leave the country. So I think maybe more people will actually. I don't know that that's true because, and you're going to show me how to do it because back when, you know, I I got in a little hot water because I tweeted something about uh, Colin Kaepernick and Mm -hmm. the Chiefs came down on me because I'm the stadium voice of the Chiefs. Right. Because Channel 5 made me the spokesperson for the Chiefs. I'm like, why the hell did they do that? (laughs) And I said, you know what, this Twitter thing, I don't really need to be part of it. Um, so I, I got back on Twitter with all this talk about it mm-hmm. and I set up a new one because mm-hmm. I just want to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. My old one is still there. How do I get rid of it? Uh, you just go into your settings. I mean, we'll, we'll do You can it talk me through it. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there, there already have been a few people that have left that have quit Twitter. Um, I think the best one being Sean King, who's like the fake black dude, who's big, uh, you know, BLM activist and all that kind of stuff. He got, he got, uh, his pants in a bunch and he, he quit, but you know, it, it's all virtue signaling, man. And, uh, but it is hilarious. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, the total hair on fire thing, like you were saying, and that was honestly one of my favorite things about the Trump presidency was just how triggered everyone was all the time. Like it's just entertainment. It's just endless entertainment. You know, people freaking out over everything that he says. And, you know, uh, the, the classic meme, I shared the meme on, uh, our Facebook page with Elon, like in uh, the Lion King, he's holding up the Twitter yeah. logo. And then it's like that lady from the Trump uh, inauguration where she's like, no, nah! <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't know what that was. I saw yeah, that yeah, on yeah. Facebook. It's, it's okay. one of the most classic videos of all time. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. What a great honor to be able to introduce for the first time ever anywhere the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald And just stuff like that, I mean, I eat it up. I cannot get enough of it. Well, and then, you know, we talk about uh, Elon Musk, you talk about uh, Tesla, and I guess that's where his money comes from. Right. Right? Okay. Yeah, most, I think. Probably over 50%, but I don't, I don't really know. Well, this was earlier this week where the stock market was way down again. Tesla uh, falls to um, $890 a share. Um, and what that cost Elon Musk out of his own personal net worth was $25 billion. Yeah. One day, $25 billion. And the next day it went down again, so it was even lower. Yeah. I figure he's got, he needs $44 billion to buy Twitter. <laughs> is that well, put it's a not ding just his... his money, though. Like, that's the other thing is it's not like he's just writing a check, a personal check for $45 billion. I mean, he, he has a whole team that he's putting together. He's getting investors involved and, and things like that. It's not just his money. And I will say, you know, you brought up Tesla. And I think if there's one negative thing to say about this, because I really do like Elon Musk. And I think he's, uh, you know, broadly speaking, a, a good force in the country and in, in the culture right now. But you know, a lot of his money has come from Tesla and Tesla is, uh, is funded by taxpayers. I mean, they, they get tax, uh, benefits that it's like the Disney thing, but but different, but, uh, Tesla gets tax credits for selling their cars. And that is why it's part of the green agenda, right? Exactly. And that's a big part of why he was able to sell so many Teslas is because they spend, you know, they're not cheap to make. And if they were actually going to sell them at a market rate, they would be much more expensive. And they're not cheap to buy, right? But I they have, would be already. I mean, yeah. they would be they would be more expensive if they if he had to actually sell them legitimately on, on the free market. So there is something to be said about that. You know that um, there's some sort of kind of government partnership cronyism type thing happening there, which is which is definitely troubling. But um, I don't think that takes away from him as a person. You know, I think he's doing the right thing here. Yeah. Well, I don't have a Tesla, but uh, I have a couple of friends who do, and and they are not cheap. Yeah. They're they're fun. Yeah. Have you driven one? I've not driven one, but I've ridden in one yeah. before. They're yeah. kind of fun. Um, we'll, we'll see where that all goes. Um, but as Joe Biden says, if if you buy an electric vehicle and they're pretty expensive, you can save eighty dollars a month on gas. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, I'm not a math major, but but even I I get that. 
Um, so we'll continue to follow all of these stories um, and tell you a little bit more about our good friend Bob Watson, State Farm agent, 816-229-7878. You know, if he weren't the great guy that he is, and he is a fantastic guy, mm-hmm. he's also got Jake on his team now. He's got Patrick Mahomes on his team mm-hmm. now. I mean, every uh, State Farm is kind of cool mm-hmm. again. It's yeah. cool to be on State Farm. I've been on State Farm since I could remember. I mean, my stepdad had a State Farm agent in Indiana, and then I moved to uh, Connecticut for the radio career. And you know, Connecticut is kind of like Hartford, Connecticut is like the insurance capital of the world. Mm-hmm. And for some reason. Uh, they have no state farm agents in Connecticut. At least they didn't in the early 90s. I don't know if they've fixed that. But because I was a long-term client with State Farm, they um, they let me um, stay with State Farm out of the corporate office. And then I moved here, and I said, okay, I'm still State Farm. Who do I go see? And they sent me to Bob Watson and his team. Um, they're just incredible people, and they have been with me through a lot of stuff. And one story that I will tell that Bob will get a kick out of, I'm sure, Okay, I went through a period with my second wife where we both totaled our vehicles. I mean, almost bang, bang. We, we totaled our vehicles. And then I had this deal where I have a bit of a lead foot, had a little bit of a lead foot. I want to make sure we're clear on that. Because uh, <laughs> Bob is listening. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't anymore. <laughs> what I have learned, you know, is that when I come to work at like 3 in the morning, I'm one of the few people out there on I-70. Right. Okay. So I've learned the value of cruise control. Right. Okay. I set it at five over from Blue Springs until just uh, on the other side of the sports complex. Mm -hmm. And then I pull that sucker down to like 59. Mm -hmm. And people whiz by me left and right, but I don't care. I've never been stopped since I've started doing that. So anyway, I got so many tickets, Kurt, that I got this letter from the state of Missouri that says, if you get one more, you're going to be walking. Mm. They're very serious about that. Yeah. So then I got a call from Bob. Bob says, Dale... I think we need to have a chat. <laughs> and so I go into his office, right? And I don't—I didn't know him as well then as I do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been through a lot together. Uh, when I did high school football, Blue Springs, Blue Springs South on the radio, he was our stats guy. Mm-hmm. So I got to know Bob very well doing that. Um, Bob has me sit down, and he's looking at me over his glasses, and he's like, you know, they really don't care about totaling the vehicles. They get that. That, that kind of stuff happens. But when you get this letter and this letter, and you got this ticket over here, and you got this ticket over here, they start to pay attention to that. Yeah. So, son, you need to take your foot out of the gas pedal. (laughs) Yeah. Dale was a wild man back in the day, if you can believe it. A wild driver, no doubt. Uh, But Bob Watson has been there for me. He's covered my house. I have homeowner's insurance with Bob Watson. Just a fantastic guy. And again, like I said earlier in the show, um, there are companies out there where you can call an 800 number and you can get car insurance with this or that. Mm-hmm. But I personally, and I think a lot of people who believe like we do, you want a guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, You want a guy that you can call and say, hey, something bad has happened and, and help. Yeah. Or give me advice on what I need to do. Bob and his team do that. Yeah. Uh, so they're on Main Street in Blue Springs. He's been there for uh, 48 years. Crazy. And he's still going. Yeah. And uh, how big of a range does he have like what areas does he cover i'm not sure i mean i you know i well, think call he, him and find out yeah. i mean he'll he'll tell you i mean he will you know, he's, um, he's very accessible and uh you know just give him a call and you can ask him all the questions you want tell him that you heard him on dale carter's america well he's a great guy you you had a chance to sit down with him mm-hmm. we met with bob and and he's a guy who's in his 70s but he is very engaged yeah and he's very concerned about the future of this country as we are uh, which is why he's part now of Dale Carter's America.
All right, before I go off to uh, Florida, I want to tell you about a uh, sheriff down in Florida. This is one of my favorite uh, counties in Florida, too, Santa Rosa County. It's on the panhandle of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been to that area? I've never been to the panhandle. I have uh, some friends that have lived there, and I've heard it's pretty pretty wild. Oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's wild. the Redneck Riviera is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the white sand that they have there, that powder, like yeah. powder sugar is the consistency of it. Yeah. It is just absolutely beautiful down yeah. there. Um, uh, that's not why I'm going on this trip now. We're going further south, kind of scouting out maybe possible retirement locations mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. So we're going into the Fort Myers area. Right. I've never been down there. So I'll uh, come back and with you're slides. The, you're going to the golf side, right? Right. Yeah. I've, always, I've been to the golf side yeah. too. Well, and the panhandle's the golf side too. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. I don't like the Atlantic side. I'm yeah. just not a big fan of that at all. Yeah. But I was going to tell you about this sheriff, Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson. Okay. He says... There's nothing wrong with homeowners shooting intruders to save taxpayers money. I saw this. And I want to say, uh, as to the person, we don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong, which they did not. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Um, So whoever that was, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. So with that, questions? By God. What a guy, right? Hero. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I'm thinking about that. Does that apply to radio stations, too? Like if a thug comes in here to break in to steal stuff? Well, I mean, Castle Doctrine. Am I my rights to shoot them here? Castle Doctrine does apply to your workplace. And it also applies to people that are in your home that are not the homeowners. So, like, if I came to your house and, you know, with permission, obviously, like I came over for dinner or whatever, and you were like, oh, I forgot sugar at the store. And you went out to the store to get sugar. Uh, and somebody tried to come in while you were gone and I shot them. That would be covered under Castle Doctrine. All right. Well, Florida has the stand your ground law. A resident faced with an intruder can use or threaten to use deadly force. And Sheriff Bob Johnson says, save the taxpayers some money and just take care of it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that, man? Seriously, there's, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, I think on the left, they might have their hair on fire about that. Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm back next week with slides. Until then, this is Dale Carter's America. <laughs> the views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.